American dream is not dead. Listen to Neil and Jeff share their leadership experiences through a new kind of leadership podcast. This is The American Hustle. I'm leveled up. And this is my world. Good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever, however you are listening to us. Welcome to The American Hustle, where we believe the American dream is not dead dead. This podcast is about leadership, business, entrepreneurship, and just being a good person leading with your heart. I am your host, Neil Simpson of a myriad of, of, of things at this moment. Uh, and I am, as usual, joined with our esteemed uh, producer, the Italian Stallion. I'm Jeff Germani. Uh, the producer, as he said, and, uh, you know, first off, take a moment, like, subscribe, give us your five-star rating for the show, but also, uh, coming up in this episode, we're going to be diving deep into the five H's, not talking about horsemen. Uh, <laughs> don't miss out on the quote of the week, because we actually have two this week. Oh, oh, and, and of course, that is, uh, if you're, if you're just joining us for the first time as a listener base, or, you know, if you're getting to know us a little bit, it is my favorite, because I, I intentionally, you know, don't get prepared so that. I am organically or authentically experiencing it with our listeners. Um, it's actually a little fun game for me, you know. And so far, you've brought really good, uh, really great quotes to the uh, to the to the conversation. So I'm always excited about that. At this point, well, and one of the quotes this time was actually brought to us by a customer, and it was such a good quote that I could not just overlook it. I had to bring it into the show and tie it in. And then the other one is just. You just got fantastic, wait for it. fantastic, <laughs> and the, and it's valuable, folks. Uh, as you are listening in, you know, and you're wondering who we are, because ultimately that is so valuable when we talk about uh, how we gauge the content that we absorb, right? And if in the last episode we talked about the people you surround yourself with, how you kind of create your space, and and ultimately your thought process, your vocabulary, your growth mindset. Or, you know, if it is a toxic environment, how you can get drugged down in the process. But ultimately, as you kind of understand who we are, uh, we are combining nearly 40 years of uh, community service, uh, business management, uh, small business development, and, you know, corporate processes. So uh, really an interesting mashup and a diverse experience from, you know, from nonprofit to small business to corporate um, and retail sales. So, you know, really we're bringing some interesting stuff. And ultimately the, the goal of this specific podcast is really to dive into some of the non-cliche talking points that your standard self-help, motivation, leadership uh, podcasts and books and all that kind of stuff that they don't always get into. We're, we're trying to talk about kind of the void that they leave. We're, we're not just going to tell you you got to grind away and keep plugging. We're going to tell you what that grind is, right. what it takes. Right. And that is the, the goal of the American hustle. We do believe in the grind, right? That's you just you don't get anywhere by giving up. But what are those what are those small compounding steps that you have to take those mantras that you have to repeat into your mind? that allow you to get through your day-to-day. -day. So whether you're making soap in your kitchen or on your church leadership committee, or you are a you know small business on the cusp of a new financial goal, what are those little things that you can you know tweak and change to just make your day and your experience better? And ultimately, we're going to be talking about 
one of my uh, favorite, you know, kind of mnemonic devices. And I, and I think that that's the right term. I know mnemonic is usually when you have a word that represents another phrase. So I'm not sure if the five H's is that or not, but a way in which you can remember or gauge, you know, those, those words, those snap words that make sense to you um, in overcoming some challenges or just leadership and, and, and being good uh, as a good individual in general. And this was something I was presented with when I was a, a teenager. I was legitimately around 14, and this was a concept that I learned uh, through, for, for, through football. Um, and that's, you know, again, on the American side of things, you know, the standard American football, not the worldwide sensation of soccer. But uh, and this was something that a coach had had brought to the table and it created such a phenomenal impact on me that I have still, you know, kind of thought about it and used it as as part of my personal direction to, you know, to this point in, in my life. And so we have five H's and I think we're going to we're going to dole them out. One by one, we want you to stay engaged in the conversation and then we'll review them at the end in, in a kind of a comprehensive nature. And they are in no specific or particular order as well. And that's important to note that as you remember those five H's, that they are all equally important. And so probably one of one of the ones that uh, that I have used the most in my life when I talk about other people is hungry, right? So of the H's, one of those H's is hungry. And that means that me as an individual, I want to be hungry for something a little better, something a little more. And I want to surround myself with hungry individuals. And so ultimately, not, you know, food, you know, we're not talking about food (laughs) here. Uh, though, if you do see me, I'm a, I'm a well, hungry, I was say, I'm a hungry, I mean, hungry boy, you know. Put some pie in front of us. We'll, I, I we'll be hungry. Say, we'll, we'll take care of that. Uh, we have some fantastic customers, uh, and they, you know, bring us snacks all the time oh, uh, into our into our other other pursuits. And uh, I'll take it. But no, this is this is about hungry, and I think that that to me that talks about a growth mindset. What 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 would be your gauge on that, Jeff? So I I agree. I mean, hungry. You have to have a hunger to do more, to do better, to do the next thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are complacent, you're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. So that that hunger is what drives you. Yes. Yeah. And it, I think that that's um, incredibly valuable to say, are you, are you self-motivated? Are you ambitious? Right? Because uh, arguably, a criticism of our traditional Western American culture is that we, we rarely as as adults are authentically hungry anymore there are absolutely people who are food impoverished and that's really not what this conversation is about but the idea of authentically being hungry for something that feeling that we need to satiate to satisfy and uh it reminds me of the story and i I may have shared it on the earlier podcast the idea of uh, the young man who was down with the waterfront with the, the guru, the mentor, and he, he pushed him underwater and said, you know, when you want to succeed as badly as you want to breathe, that's when uh, you're ready. Then you'll, then you'll be successful. Right. And then, then that's when you're ready. Uh, ultimately hungry is the same way, right? Because ultimately, uh, food, uh, you know, fueling our, our, our body, uh, and minds, 
that's a basic necessity, right? We have to do that. It's like having to breathe. So if we're hungry, if we're truly hungry, that is when we're going to continue to grow. That is when we're actually going to take the the, the steps necessary, when we're going to make the appropriate sacrifices uh, to elevate our current situation. Yep. So, so of your five H's, get hungry, right? And that is uh, possibly a, a, a phrase you're going to hear us say a couple more times. The contrasting or very as equally important is being humble, right? So I've heard a couple people, uh, you know, speakers, again, in the, the leadership uh, self-development world talk about having a quality product to sell, right? That at a particular level, people are going to see through the BS. That's right. Right. So there's a, there's a, there is a level where the, the first kind of that first entry into the market, people are oftentimes as a whole, right? And the masses are oftentimes, uh, fooled by shiny objects. I do. I do genuinely believe that. Right. Oh yeah. Um, and that's, kind of marketing 101 right we have a just a fancy barbecue you know sandwich all of a sudden you just throw a new bun on it take some new pictures of it and now everybody's crazy about this you know same barbecue sandwich we served last year but you know it's shiny right it's new um so as we talk about being uh authentic or having a quality product that's about not over shining up that's all that's not putting you know lipstick on a pig that's not getting you know boisterous over something that's really not that good humble is about being you know straightforward i have a quality product i'm leading with this very good item this very good aspect of myself i'm selling myself whatever that might be but the idea that um, it was a Teddy Roosevelt, I believe it was, it was either Teddy or it was FDR, and it was speak softly and carry a big stick, mm-hmm. right? It was always spoken to me. Um, hopefully, you're not going to steal that 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 quote from me in the future. You know? Oh no. Okay. Um, but that's the the concept of being humble, right? That so, I, my presence so much sells it. So, and I I agree with that, but I also have a different take on humble. Humble is the ability to accept. That you're wrong. Mm, okay. You have to have humility to be successful as a leader, and you have to accept that you can be wrong. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to not only accept that you can be wrong, but acknowledge it to your your peers, to your followers, to your coworkers, whatever it may be. You have to be willing to accept it. Now, at the same time, you can't just be like, "Oh yeah, I'm wrong," and be moving on. You have to actually show that you mean it. You have to care. And you have to work to correct it. Yeah, that's a great perspective, and 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 one that that I get right makes perfect sense because uh, we, I think everybody listening knows that that person. They've worked for that that manager. They've whatever capacity where that that individual border is is borderline narcissistic in their approach. Right. Right. And. Uh, the the idea that it's I mean that concept I mean, this is a common talking point is my way or the highway right? right and that's not humble right and ultimately in the pursuit of being 
a better person, of improving upon our our trade, we're going to be wrong, right? And and the ability to fall back on our support system, on that five people who who make us us, right? To to humble ourselves and go, you know what? I can learn from this situation. I I can be wrong, and that will help make you more authentic in your approach, more original, more relatable. Correct. That's a, that's a great approach. And then ultimately comes back to your, that, that speaks softly. You don't have to, you don't have to shine that up. You don't have to do a whole bunch of pomp and circumstance around the new bun on the barbecue sandwich. Right. It's just a good barbecue sandwich. Everybody wants to consume it. Well, and, and when you talk about that like that, if you look at companies, the way that you had mentioned it, they might plan to put out a good product and there may be a mistake. Mm-hmm. A humble company is one that accepts it and publicly acknowledges it, pulls it from the shelves, and corrects it. Sure. A non-humble one is where the government has to step in and tells you how to do it. <laughs> and we don't want to see that. We want to see the company taking, taking control of the situation and owning yes. up to their own issues. Yes, yes, yes. And that does, that does happen. And, and ultimately, um, we, have, you know, we have mentioned some, some brands, some companies, some processes in the past um, that you know that that ultimately uh, not always on the highest corporate big fortune 500 fortune 400 type brands but that does happen right yep. where we have to have regulatory regulatory process jump in and and go you know what actually that's a predatory practice you know um that's uh you're you're trying to deceive people right um but we see it at uh we see it at lower levels all the time and it's one of the things that personally has just grinded on me for years because um, our 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 primary employer, which is Simpson Family Jeeps, is a organic kind of from the bottom up bootstrap type of business that you know just provides a a good quality product, right? Yep. High integrity based uh, environment and customer service, you know, a kind of service leadership type of business where. We do a, an automotive task, but we do it in a very different way, right? And we do it in kind of a Spartan-esque environment by your standard dealership car lot kind of experience. You yeah. know, when I started, we just had a, a, a you know, four walls of a, a cold storage warehouse and we've built everything into it. And one of the things that has bothered me over the years is when a investor group gets together and they can create a business overnight. Just poof. Oh, yeah. You know? And in our industry, that business that kind of gets created overnight is just has curb appeal, right? And oh, that's yeah. social media curb appeal. That's the, the building itself has curb appeal. And it the looks fancy cool. showrooms. Fancy showrooms. Yep. And, you know, they, they bring in a bunch of people who are underqualified for the roles that they're in, you know, in intended for, but the package from the outside is showy and shiny and, you know, attractive. And that person, that, that individual who's new to our industry is attracted to it, right? By whatever that, that consumer based market experience is that we're grown up in that culture. So one of my experiences has been that Throughout my career, I have, I've learned heavily that as a company, you have a choice. You can either invest heavily in your, 
property and you're yep. building your curb appeal, yep. or you can invest heavily in your people. 100%. Very few companies can afford to do both. Uh, without a question. And, and if right? they can, what are they charging their customers? What? <laughs> yes. Because that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And, and so you should you should absolutely have investment in your curb appeal. Do but your you, best that you can. But if you walk into a building and it's brand new, everything's high tech, and you're looking at it, and I, I, I walk in and I go, wow, how much did this cost to do this kind of stuff? Sure. I'm thinking, how much are they paying their employees now? Because they, they can't be making enough to make... To be able to afford all this technology. As startups, that's one of the most challenging things to, to, view, to, to be on the outside looking in. And, and this is, you know, to, to say about, from my, my experience, now, oftentimes those businesses only last a couple of years. Yep. They, they're not sustainable. They're not sustainable for a number of reasons. A, they actually don't have the, the means, you know, the actual financial means to overcome uh, their initial investment. They don't have the people power to actually solve the problems that are brought to them. Customer wants to build uh, X, Y, and Z, and this brand says, yes, we can do it, but really they can't. And eventually those businesses either fizzle um, or they pivot, right? And yep. so they make a big splash uh, over here on the left hand, and then because they actually can't back that up, they pivot over to the right hand and, and shift their business model, shift their, their market presence, uh, and, and kind of meet, meet people at that level. Yep. Uh, and, and so, again, to, to circle back and say, why does it grind on me? Because I have had to continually humble myself and humble our business because we are the business that invests in people. Yep. As I've said previously, we build people and our people build Jeeps. Yep. That is the goal for me. And it has always been. And so ultimately, um, one of the, the crazy things about our, our cold storage building is that it had no electricity when we started. It had no insulation. It had no uh, heat, you know, as far as a heat source. And uh, it had no plumbing. And that's really challenging to create a startup business. Without any of that. With no basic amenities. Yep. But the fact that we were able to just deliver a quality product from an integrity-based approach, yep. and we humbled ourselves, and we keep our nose down, and we do that, makes us successful in what we do. Well, and to take it a step further with, with humble and humility is the next step is nobody should want to be a leader. Mm. The one that wants to be the leader is not humble themselves. Mm -hmm. And... Oftentimes, the greatest leaders in our country and the world have been very humble. They didn't want that role. Mm -hmm. George Washington, start with the very first president, <laughs> did not want to be president. And I think it's really valuable, folks, who are listening in. I, you have to know Jeffrey is a student of leadership, right? So when he says they don't want to be a leader, he doesn't mean leader in all the good concepts, Correct. right? He's saying power grab, right? right. And that's right. exactly the it. my way or the highway, that that narcissistic, that toxic environment, the that type of I'm going to take control. I'm going to I'm going to get to the top at whatever means are necessary. Correct. I, I and, get that. And, right. Well, and, and I think that's great clarification. But my point to that is when you look at this company's Simpson Family Jeeps. You have four core employees that are full time that any one of them could step up and be the leader if they had to be. Sure. I don't think any of them want that role. Sure. But by qualities that you look for in leadership, everyone has them. Yes. Yes. 
and 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 that is valuable. Again, go back to that previous, uh, to, you know, that podcast. And if you folks haven't listened to it, you got to go back and find it. And it talks about you are a product of the five people you spend the most time with, and yep. so you have to determine that grouping very carefully. You have to make sure that that grouping has uh, a similar approach. That does not mean that they should have the same mindset. They should be of diverse mindsets. We should have diverse, you know, interests because those perspectives and that diversity will help you more, right? goes back to, can I be wrong? That statement you said yep. of uh, what what is somebody else bringing to the table that we can grow from and learn from. So, and, and valuable as well. You said humility and humble. I love humility as a word and we could use that here, but it's not part of the five H's if you're listening in. So we are at hungry and humble, which you can also use humility on. Yeah. But, uh, we move on to honest. And I think that's tied closely to humble. Honestly, it really is. It really is. Right. And, and so, this is a pretty, in my mind, a pretty straightforward characteristic quality when we look ourselves in the mirror, right? Because ultimately, I, I, can't, uh, I can't go around judging others. That is, I think, one of the most critically important things with us as humans is that I have to look in the mirror and say, am I being honest with myself? Yep. First and foremost, that when you when you wake up in the in the beginning of the day, because if you are being honest with yourself, then you are not going to bring that narcissist into your inner circle. You are not going to allow yourself to continue to work in a toxic environment. You are not going to continue to exist on that church committee if you do not agree with the direction of it. Right, right. That's not to say we shouldn't continue to try to work within means to create change. We have to be honest with ourselves, not going around and, and, you know, oh, well, that guy's a liar, right? That's superficial. That's, yeah. that's, you know, that's top level stuff. We have to be honest with ourselves and how we, how, how we le- are looking at the world, what tasks we are taking on ourselves, what are we realistically capable of? Yeah. Right. And not fall into the bias traps and things like that. Yes. You have to be able to, to look at it and, like you said, look at yourself in the mirror and say, am I being honest with myself? Yes. Because it's, it's very easy for you to just jump into things and think you're doing what's best. But then later you look back and go, why would I do that? That where was <laughs> All my, the time, my... right? Hindsight 2020. We wouldn't have that phrase if we didn't do it. Correct. You know, but that is that is so accurate and i think it's the people who can who can be critical and go oh why man why did i do that why could i i could have could i do that could i have done that better could i have said that better right that's part of that honesty piece yes. right could i uh you know should that have bothered me so much yep. right that circles that's it that's back with the humble right it is and and i think it i think it again all of these h's build off of each other um, but it's also about the hungry and saying, I could do that better. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. And that's being honest, you know, and going, okay, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to figure out how to do that better. Um, I'm going to learn from this situation. I'm going to allow that person who has a, a, a differing perspective than mine. Uh, I'm going to allow it to seep in and seed in my brain and go, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's a good way of thinking about things. Right. Yeah. And, and, and 
and allowing ourselves to be honest with the process. And, uh, and as well, I'm going to go back to a slightly more superficial and go, when I look at company A and company B, am I distracted by shiny objects of, of one of those businesses? Or am I kind of wading through that and I'm looking at the quality product or service that company B is offering? And I'm going to call out a company. All right. Because I, I think it's appropriate. If you're going to name yourself honest, <laughs> that's not a good sign. The honest company. Yes. And how many things did they have issues with that yes. they found out were lying about? Yes. I, it just blows my mind. But just you know, be honest. And, and, and that's just such a, in my mind, and there are some things, and I don't want to derail our conversation, but there are some uh, qualifiers that if I see a company bring it to the table, a startup business, an individual, and oftentimes that is, you know, startup individuals who are kind of bringing these perspectives to the table and going, hey, this is something I want to do with my business. There are things that I am exposed to that I'm immediately like, that one's, you know, you're out the window. You're oh, yeah. going to fail. You yep. know what I mean? And you have already failed. If you have to name your, your business honest you know, or the honest company, uh, something along those. I, I got to tell you, I already know where this train gets off at the station. And, and if you were to ever try that as a, a owner, try to name your company honest in some way, shape, or form, you better be the most <laughs> honest business that could ever possibly exist. And guess what? That's it's not going to happen. And you know You're what the going, worst part somebody's going to call you out faster than any other business. I'm going to call it out, and I'm going to say that's not very humble, right? right? To lead with honest blah, 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 that's not particularly humble. Right. You're allowing – your mindset is that your title enters the room first. Yep. Right? And, and, and folks, that is so incredible. When I say that, you're allowing the title to enter the room first. I don't believe in that. I want the character, the nature, the integrity, that whisper in the room going – those guys are really good at what they do. Absolutely. Yeah, you might not be able to produce their name. You might not, you know, know exactly what that acronym stands for, but the fiber of what they bring to the table is what comes into the room first. Absolutely. And that's very different than the title of your company, right? So uh, well, when you talk about the title too, sure. uh, we're going to have to do a whole episode on titles. We will. We will. Because there's so much I could unpack with that. Yes. And I just, I don't think I we know. have the time today. I know we don't. Right. And we're trying to stay focused on the H's, you know, but folks, you're going to want to, you want to turn You're going to tune in for that. Uh, uh, how do you name your business? How do you name your, your book that you're writing? How do you name your podcast? How do you name you know, your employees? How do you what? Name your employees. Name your employees. What are your, your titles in your company? Oh, yes. Yes, that yes, is, yes. That's the big one. All right. We're going to have to circle back to that one, folks. But um, we're going to get to the H that is inherently tied to the, you know, to the name or the title of this podcast. There we go. And uh, it was a heck of a segue <laughs> that was unplanned. Hustle, right? So we're on to our fourth H, and it is hustle. That's right. And... Um, as, a, as an athlete, uh, I grew up, uh, my father was a, a, you know, a lifetime coach. He is a person who, you know, literally went to, went through high school and uh, did not make it on the uh, varsity basketball team. And, and instead of giving up, he worked as an assistant coach his senior year of high school, right? So you, you could have 
you could have you could have sulked into the the background and never wanted to be involved with basketball again or sports again. Uh, you could have blamed the coach. You could have had your parents call and and you know all the things that we hear about in, in the world we live in now, right? He didn't. He was like the water boy and you know helping set up plays and run drills for the guys. He made the best of that situation, and so. He goes on in life and, and becomes a professional coach, and he, he continues to be involved in the coaching world today. And one of his biggest terms uh, that he I can hear bored into my brain is him yelling hustle, right? Just that word, hustle. And so what does that encompass for people, right? And um, so for me, that is, again, it's, it's that momentary short Short-term gain of growth mindset. Mm -hmm. Truly, it is, right? What can I do? How bad do I want something in this moment? Right. Right? Um, And so whether you are on the court or, you know, know, physically. And oftentimes we hear the term positively used in athletics, in in my own experience, right? Um, But again, it's that. In this moment, how bad do I want it? And that's, for me, that's what encapsulates well, it, Well, right? there, there's that negative connotation to it as so, well. So, we're going to talk about the negative. I, I knew we couldn't get through this without, because I have a great, and I don't want to cut you off. I, I don't. But I've used the term hustling, uh, and I actually had a, I don't, I don't remember whether it was a customer, a colleague, a, a community member. I don't remember. But they were like, you're doing what? Yep. You know? And I was like... I'm hustling. I'm at the grind. I'm uh, my nose to the grindstone. I'm moving as fast as I can. Right. I'm accomplishing the best I can with what I've got. I'm hustling, right? I'm digging deep. And negative so, connotation. So the negative connotation brings out the hustling on the con side of things. Yes. And you know what? If you're following these five H's, you're, you're hustling for the right reasons. Uh, if you're keeping your honesty, you're, you're humble, yes. and you're hungry... You're doing it for the right reasons. Yes. That is the type of hustle we're talking about. So when you hear somebody say, oh, they're side hustle, oftentimes it's looked at negatively. But you know what? If they're making money on the side by pushing and doing extra work in addition to their main job, yes. that's a good hustle. Yes. And I think that that, um, that is being culturally appropriated at this point because you're right. We have hustle in a good nature in, uh, in athletics, in working hard, in that momentary growth mindset, right? Uh, then we have this negative connotation of conning somebody, yep. right? Um, and I, and then, and then ultimately we have this cultural appropriation to say the the side hustle, right? This idea that that almost was meant to be a negative thing, uh, but now as a society, culturally we're going, hey, that's that's good, right? Yeah. You want better, so we're actually kind of the pendulum is swinging back to that you know go after it mentality right the 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 get hungry mentality right um and so it's interesting i would love to know the origin the actual origin of the word hustle you know and maybe at some point in time we'll try to unpack that as well just because i think it would be interesting to, to hear was it something that was born in a in a positive light and then used negatively uh, in the conning side of things, or was it born something in the negative and then it was 
appropriated into the positive. Right. Right. For, you know, uh, sports, athletics, uh, any type of bettering yourself environment, you know, that kind of stuff. I'd be interested. We'll have to unpack that in the near future. But oh, yeah. that is ultimately the idea of hustle. Are you seeking to get better? And that's not meant to be just a side moment. But when we say the American hustle, the idea of how are we bettering ourselves in general? Right. And finally, we can actually address how are we bettering ourselves with hardworking. That's right. right. So we have unpacked or revealed all five of our H's, if you're paying attention, and we will review them after we talk about hard work. But ultimately, that is how we are going to better ourselves, how we are going to move through the challenges that we encounter every day. And so what does hard, mo- hard work mean to you, Jeff? I mean, you've had a lot of, lot of different life things <laughs> that you had to deal with, our projects that we do on the side. What is hard work to you? So I think... There's, it's twofold. Number one, hard work is taking the time and the effort to do what needs to be done mm-hmm. and pushing harder and further every time. Mm-hmm. But the second part of it, I think it comes back to the, the quote that we used a few weeks ago with Abraham Lincoln of sharpening your axe. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to go out into the woods and cut down a tree and you go out there with a sledgehammer and pound away at it for 10 hours. You could work hard. Man, that is hard work. Yes. You didn't accomplish anything. Yes. You may have knocked one tree down with a sledgehammer after 10 hours. <laughs> Maybe. But you're going to feel that. Yes, you are. If and you it's take not the, clean. It's not, not clean. Right? It's not efficient. If you take the time to sharpen that axe. Yes. And now you go out. Sharpen the axe is hard work. Yes. Taking the time to do that, having the patience and, yeah. the, and, and the humbleness to be able to recognize that you need to do that. Yes. And then go out and you're going to accomplish so much more. I'm so glad you made that distinction. Right. And, and that's so valuable to our listeners to, to understand that this is not the arduous trudging away, you know, just just pushing a boulder uphill constantly. If you find yourself in life and that is how you feel right now and you're listening to us, we we understand, we commiserate with you. We've been there before. I, I get it. And ultimately, um, I am at this point in my my career, my approach, my community involvement, and I can say, you got to stop that and you got to work smarter, right? Yep. And you got to hard work smarter. You got to sharpen that axe. Um, that every every time that I find myself going, well, if I just work a little harder, if I just push, you know, if I just continue to push that boulder, even up this, you know, sheer cliff, right? Yep. If I just put it on my shoulders and try to squat it up the cliff, it, when I find myself in that moment in life, I go, whoa, whoa, whoa it's like I've been down this road before. It's dangerous. Oh yeah, that that level of hard work is the sledgehammer 10 hours on a tree. Now right? I'm going to tell you a, a story about that sledgehammer on a tree because I did do that intentionally. Okay. So when I was in the fire department, I was training to take the test, the candidate physical agility test in Fairfax, Virginia. Okay. And that test is you got eight stations. You have X number of minutes and time to, to finish all the stations. And as part of that, they tell you, Hey, you need to be able to run, three miles a day on average or preferred five miles wow. a day to, yeah. to, for your endurance. Yeah. I was doing that. Um, one of the drills and, or one of the things is there was actually a sensor that you had to hit with a sledgehammer hmm. 
to simulate forced entry okay. into a home. Interesting. So you would have to pound on that door until you triggered the sensor. Okay. I can tell you that in practice runs, when you haven't exhausted yourself from all the other stations, two or three solid hits and you're hitting that buzzer. Sure. When I took that test, mm-hmm. it took me 30 hits. Oh, my. 30 hits with that sledgehammer before I finally triggered it. Oh, gosh. I thought I was going to fail that test. Yeah. I passed that test with two minutes to spare. Okay. I, one of the, the fastest times on that. Okay. And it is because I took the time to sharpen the axe mm. by doing the hard work. Sure. I went, I literally would train. I would run for the uh, three to five miles a day mm. every morning. Sure. Then I'd go down to a parking garage in downtown Erie and I'd literally have turnout gear, the firefighter gear yes. with the, the air pack. Up and, and down the stairs. Up and down the stairs of the parking garage. <laughs> sure. I'd do a couple laps of that. Yeah. And then I would end up back out at the firehouse. And we'd go out into the woods behind the firehouse with a sledgehammer and pound on trees for 30 minutes to an hour. Sure, sure. And had I not done all those things, right? had I not, and in that case, the hard work was sharpening sure, the axe, sure. I wouldn't have made it through that test. Yes. There were big, buff military guys. I was never in the military. They were going ahead of me because uh, it was alphabetical order. So there was about yes. 50 people ahead of me on this test. Yeah. And I watched all but two fail before me get out of here and i'm just going oh this is not good i'm, right. I'm the scrawny little guy yeah, yeah, watching yeah. this and i go in and i i had two minutes to spare like as i'm doing the the second to last station I'm like hurry up hurry up you're almost out of time and i happen to catch the stopwatch hanging and you're not supposed to know your time oh, okay and i'm like i've still got three minutes <laughs> what is this guy rushing me for right this is awesome that's awesome and i it gave me that second burst of energy and i was able to go through sure and that is that's that is the hard work we should all be doing. Correct. Right. That is the that is the hard work and that is the concept of sharpening the axe. And there are going to be hard and tough times. So if you're listening to this and things suck right now, we get it. Right. Oh, yeah. And you are having to dig deep and practice hard and train hard. And that's ultimately uh, that, what you're talking about. That hard training was not fun. No, that was no, not you're fun not at having all. fun. That nobody no nowhere in the H's <laughs> is there fun. Right. That's that's important, you know? Yeah. We're, we we didn't say that this is distinctly fun or comfortable. This is not you know all of these H's and then comfort, no. right? That's part of hard work. The, you know, folks, comfort let that com- sink in. The comfort comes at the end oh, when you get the result. Yeah. Because when Way I, in the end. when I when I finish that test, we're talking Two years of training. Yeah. When I finished that test, at that moment, I knew I'd made it. And right. that's that level of success and accomplishment, and, and that is where that comfort came in. Right. But leading up until that, yeah, I mean, I was I was dreading every morning knowing that I had to get up and work this routine that I created. Sure. Sure. And 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 understand, folks, through that hard work, there's a lot of people who are going to be unwilling. So that shiny object business that just opened up down the street from you or that new committee that they just organized that, you know, has all these big, bright ideas, unless they are willing to work as hard as you are, that their time will be limited, right? Oh, yeah. That two years of training, the guy who goes, ah, I've got it, and you know, because I was, you know, f- former military, I was a former college athlete, I was this, I was that, and you know, I've got six weeks. I, I worked out in the gym. I ran on the, the treadmill, whatever. Yep. Um, they didn't put in the work. They, right? they, they, they didn't, didn't, didn't put in the their, sacrifice. Right. They didn't build their stamina. Yes. And so ultimately, if you're, you're listening to this 
and you're in that trudging moment. Now you have to you have to understand is is this a temporary trudging? Is this the hard work that's necessary for you to pass the test with two minutes to spare, or is this? Uh, a level of hard work where you need to to stop and sharpen that axe. And that's going to be a deeply personal. It's going to swing back to that honest piece when you wake up and you look in the mirror and you go, okay, honestly, where am I at? What are my goals? How am I achieving those things? But that's what's valuable. The five H's are going to be interrelated to each other. And again, there is not fun and there is not comfort in the five H's. Right. That is is what's critical. There is also not suck, right? There is not like, hey, I need to be self-deprecating. Right. This needs to be terrible. And so that's those those things are important when you're thinking and exploring these concepts in your own mind right now. Understand that you have to create that moderation in your approach. The balance that we talked about in an earlier episode. And the balance, right? And so if you're unfamiliar with that, you gotta go back, you gotta find that, that podcast. And you got to listen to it again because that's ultimately going to be the guide that you have to put on yourself. Nobody's going to have that answer for you. Right. There is no, uh, and this was a piece that uh, that I had to learn. Nobody's going to come and rescue me when I started my company, and I got so far down the rabbit hole, and I was desperate, and and you know I was sad on a regular basis, and I didn't know the way out. I, there was nobody. I kept waiting for somebody else to be like, oh, yeah, hey, this is how you should sell this. Or, oh, yeah, hey, this is how you should build that. Or do your finances this way. There wasn't one clear-cut cookie cutter. There was not one right answer, but there's a million of wrong ones. Yes. And and if there's somebody trying to sell you some snake oil that they have the right answer to your success, they're selling you snake oil. Yep. You know? Uh, oh, buy this book and we're gonna you're gonna achieve unlimited success. You make a million dollars a year, blah blah. No, BS. That that's not real. Right. Right. That's a that's an outlier. There does that person exist? Maybe, right? The very, very finite percentage of people actually achieve that through those, you know, the the diet pill craze, the get help, you know, get get rich quick schemes, that kind of stuff. That's the exception, not the not the rule. Right. So you have to then self-reflect and, and create that moderation as we continue to talk about. These are the concepts that will authentically help you grow and help you become better in your everyday walk. So those five H's are hungry, humble, honest, which is an H, but if you say honest, that's confusing, <laughs> hustle, and hardworking. And I'll do it again without being goofy in the middle of it. But it's hungry, humble, honest, hustle, and hardworking. You almost did it again. I almost did it again, <laughs> right? And write those down. Write them on the mirror with a you know with a, a some type of you know chalk marker. Put it on a post-it note and put it on the dash of your car as you drive in. And use those as a gauge and a guide as you kind of go about. Again, becoming a better individual, uh, a better leader, starting your small business, moving up the corporate ladder, wherever that fits in with your approach. Those five H's have the answer. And understand, don't just look at the five H's, but look what's lacking, right? Oh, yeah. What's lacking is comfort and fun and also, you know, misery and pain and all that kind of stuff, right? Those five H's are going to 
gauge you and guide you along that moderate level of success. Now, go to the extreme within those things. Get hungry, right? Get hungry so that you can do better for yourself, for your family, for your community, for your immediate four or five people around you. Right, right. I think that was pretty darn good. And we'll review it probably one one final time before we Absolutely. fully sign off. I want to talk about this quote to the customer brought in to okay. us. Okay. Uh, so he is former Navy. All right. This is, he was in the Navy Construction Battalion. Interesting. Which they're, they're known, known as the Seabees. Oh, so this is, this is actually a quote from the Seabees. Uh, they maintain a stubborn can-do attitude. And their saying is, the difficult we do at once. The impossible takes a bit longer. <laughs> so as part of that, uh, to me, what that says is there's nothing that's impossible. Yes. Hard, hard work is going to get you through anything. Yes. It can be done. You right. just have to accept that there's going to be challenges along the way and work through those challenges. Yes. And I, I, I have to say a personal limitation for me is oftentimes I will put off something that I see as a slightly more menial but challenging task. And and that is a character fault of mine. I recognize that in myself. How often are you as listeners, folks, do you do you find yourself doing the same thing? Going, oh well, you know, that's really a gross job. Cleaning out the fridge, right? And and wiping that oh, that's I don't want to do that. I'll, I'll do that later. I'm going to unload the dishes. I'm going to take the trash out. I'm going to, you know, but you, then you put off just unloading the, the refrigerator and wiping it down and washing out the, you know, the, the vegetable drawer that you forgot about now, you know, molded and liquefied or whatever. That is, that happens, right? Oh, yeah. And I, I find this in myself oftentimes going, ah, you know what? I'm not addressing this. Because it's a little more challenging, right? And just that day-to-day, uh, you know, building out an estimate for a customer, doing a customer service, uh, you know, relationship as far as uh, I really got to reach out to this person and explain what's going on in their specific process with us, so on and so forth. Um, uh, you know, whatever that might be, it looks a little more difficult. What this phrase says, uh, what I think is valuable, is it says, the difficult we do at once. Yep. Right? We, at once. At once. Yep. Right? That not making excuses. That is is really valuable to me. Right? It doesn't even address the easy. Right. Right? We don't we don't care about the easy because right. that just is a given. Yeah. You just have to do the easy. The easy's already gone. Yeah. You know, that is that is a given. The difficult we do at once. And then the impossible takes a bit longer, but it's not impossible, right? right. The, everything is possible through those five H's, as you were saying. Yep. I, what a fantastic quote and, and, and a huge tribute to the individual who brought that in. And, and I were honored because they actually uh, used that quote in how they related to our company and how they saw and received services with us Yes. and related it to their experience. So, um, how humbling that is to have somebody who has these high ideals, who has these high standards and can see that and value that in us. Put their trust in us. Yes. And, and then ultimately a- apply their experience back to us and say, oh, Hey, yeah. we, we see these qualities in you. So how cool is that? Um, so we're going to do our transition to do the actual quote. Of the oh, okay. Week. Oh, that wasn't the actual. All right. Well, I got excited, but here we go. And this is my world now. 
In dealing with those who are undergoing great suffering, if you feel burnout setting in, if you feel demoralized and exhausted, it is best, for the sake of everyone, to withdraw and restore yourself. The point is to have a long-term perspective. And that's the Dalai Lama. Always the Dalai Lama, right? Phenomenal, phenomenal things we can learn there. And we, uh, we had talked about dealing with burnout uh, as a topic. And I figured that would be a great segue into another sure. episode. Yeah, I, I agree with you entirely. And, uh, and it, again, it's valuable when we're addressing the five H's to this quote as well. And it's a, it's a fantastic quote um, that despite following the five H's to the best of your ability, you may still experience burnout. Yep. And I, virtually everybody does at some point in time. I think that if you are leading emotionally with your heart on your sleeve and and kind of being very honest with yourself and how you go about it, you're going to get burnout because running at that heightened level is constantly. If you're hustling constantly, yep, that is going to be a struggle. Oh yeah. Right? It doesn't have to be pain or misery necessary. It doesn't have to be comfort that you're seeking comfort either. It can just be within the five H's and you could still burn out. And that's arguably that's okay. If you're listening and you're going and I'm really in a rut right now. And, and the to, to lead into the next time we talk about burnout as an episode, mm-hmm. the one thing I'm going to say about it is burnout burns out your people. Well, and that's ultimately the quote there, right? Yep. Because no longer are we looking at things with, uh, you know, with either an optimistic perspective or a clear perspective but now everything is through the 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 lens of your burnt out experience everything becomes an emergency everything becomes an emergency right and ultimately uh eventually we'll circle back around and we'll talk about survival mode and this is a this is actually a, a therapeutic concept but it is a very real thing and uh that is not necessarily a positive thing right i mean we we all know the the tv show survivor yeah uh we all like to talk about survival instincts, you know, a lot of, again, positive attributes of the word, much like hustle has positive attributes. Um, But a survival mindset can actually be a very negative thing. It can, it can burn people out. um, And then ultimately it can diminish the capacity and the quality of your team. Correct. Exactly what you're saying there. And and survival mindset and burnout are, are very, very similar, similarly related things. And so, Understand that when it comes to those five H's, hungry, humble, honest, hustle, and hardworking, that is the moderate. That is down the the middle. It does not address things on the outskirts of it. But through those five things, you can create substantial change within yourself, within your community, within your workplace, whatever you choose to apply it uh, at, you can use those things as a guide to benefit your current situation. Yes. And ultimately, there is going to be challenges along the line. You may find yourself in burnout. It is appropriate to to go back to humble yourself, to be honest with yourself, and then to create that, that pivot, that shift to address things so that when it comes to our quote here, that we're not compromising staff, we're not compromising our reach, and we're not compromising the mission that we set out on in the first place when we started using these H's as a mantra.
So just uh, to kind of talk about some of the upcoming episodes, sure. we obviously are going to be talking about burning out your relevancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be talking about titles. Uh, we're going to be talking about the origin of hustle. Sure. There's so many good topics. You know, I see good people. Takes one to know one. Respecting boundaries. These mm-hmm. are all topics in our future. Sure. And these I think, are not the get rich quick schemes. That's right. Right. These are the these are the the nitty gritty the everyday concepts that we have to delve into expand upon unpack and and really understand what does that mean to us and and our mission our value what are you know what are we bringing to the table right and, and that, that means you need to tune in you need to subscribe like follow whatever it takes give us that five star rating so that you can see those next episodes as they come out yeah we hope that you're enjoying joining in on our conversation and that's really valuable for for Jeff and I you know when we put our our talking points together when we kind of say what is our approach with this we want this to be a conversation right yes. this is not this should not necessarily be you know us preaching in on you or at each other but a conversation that we're having of value between each other and with you. And so we want you to continue to add into that conversation. And you can do that by actually reaching out and communicating with us. We have a text-only number, and it is 440-855-2100. Again, that's 440-855-2100. You can text us and join in the conversation. Additionally, you can email Jeff at J-E-F-F-C at S F j the number four x four dot com right and you can google that and you'll find that that information as well and you can be part of our conversation you can add in just as that customer had brought that quote to us and now it's part of the conversation you know creating quality and meritable uh conversation you can do the same and we hope that you you know do be part of that. And it is valuable that you add these five H's to your everyday life as you continue to, you know, to hustle and improve upon your experience. So without further ado, it is valuable that we say, get hungry, folks, and make sure that you join us again in the future and be part of the American hustle. And this is my world. The American dream is not dead. We want to help you along the way. With over 40 years of combined leadership experience, we want to help you succeed. Share your stories, ask us questions, and believe in the American dream. Through Heart and Hustle, we will show you the path of success and hopefully have a little fun along the way. You can email us at jeffc at sfj4x4.com or text us at 440-855-2100. Until next time, lead with your heart and keep hustling.